0: something to say. Yes we
1: do.
0: We'll have a chance to interview across the board from athletes to the parents to the coaches to even the trainers.
1: Yeah. And we're not afraid to share it. So we're Absolutely. not afraid to tell other moms what we went through in order to raise up a student athlete. So I believe that it's inspirational. Yeah. We're able to tell our story,
2: the good and the bad. Yeah.
1: Give back positive information.
0: Absolutely. You know, we
1: can empower them.
0: Yeah. I think it's me. time for the mothers to be a voice.
1: Yeah. That's yes. it.
0: Yes. It's time for us to to let you know what's going on. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shannon at Can We Talk Sports. I am here with my host.
3: Karen.
0: And, <laughs> all right, what's up, everybody? Kowasika, oh, man, I missed you uh, a few nights ago on yeah, the show.
3: I you too.
0: But see, listen, y'all, Kowasika out there, she getting in shape. She pushing <laughs> the business, Nutriverse, yeah. total life changes. Okay, so listen. I kind of been bad. I know she probably she's probably like, Shannon, where you been? Because, see, I've I've signed up for it and working it. And this last week, I just kind of had to take a week off, had some things going. But listen, Kowalska has been holding it down strong. I got
2: to hold it down for my team.
0: She's been the (laughs) all-American team.
2: What? Let's go.
0: Let's go. Karen, where you at?
2: Uh, I've been
1: working on my feet. You know, I've been going to the doctor therapy for my plenophantitis. I know I'm probably not saying it <laughs> right, <laughs> but, what, <was> uh, <laughs> first you first like, what did you say it is? Plenophantitis. Okay. Uh, planoplan- one of them names. I so I've been going thing. to the I doctor for that. Way. And so I've been, you know, it's just uncomfortable. You know and so I'm just trying to get it back healthy before I get out there and come and train with y'all right okay okay all right
0: so the news is I don't know how true I'm gonna research and find out but my husband came to me he was like did you hear I guess he heard it on ESPN um that sports will resume as of June 17th
1: no yes. I didn't hear
0: that he said he heard it on the news so wait that's my birthday and anniversary
1: oh really?
2: You got married on
0: your mean, On my birthday, birthday. Yep. yeah. Wow, you yeah, had double. That's,
2: awesome.
0: That's how you do it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> double
3: number 17. Double, double,
1: gift, double, baby. Double, double, double. 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 <laughs> okay, well, I saw an article today about, you know, the XFL being in bankruptcy and saying that the owner might have put it in there so he can get it out for pennies. I think we need to start a GoFundMe in order to save the XFL. What's you know
0: what like that? I, I that's listen I that's true. I'm gonna tell you why because the XFL for a lot of guys was a second chance, you know right. what I'm saying? And they it was that it was that opportunity to get their foot back in the door. And for some of them they didn't worry about going to the NFL but just to play again. again. And, and actually it was good. I mean them jokers was hitting Right, like I was right. like, oh, they didn't like that. They playing like that, so you know, it's we. They need to figure something out. They shouldn't let that fall to the side. I'm, I'm. Right. That's real talk right there. So, right. But um, all right. So Kawaska, how's your son doing? Which one? In college, Colorado. Oh, Is he
2: ready? Yeah. Man. Y'all watch my story. I I literally was watching him the workout. Like his work ethic is just up here. And so I, you know what? I, I got a little challenge, a little sneaky little. He don't know on the download. Like I'm gonna catch up with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we putting out the cross because she's gonna catch up with her son. I'm gonna his catch up. But he's 21.
1: Right now. You 42. Right. Now, now, more I ain't even
0: mean, gonna try to catch up with Jordan. Y'all, that ain't even gonna happen. I ain't even gonna listen. He was working some boys today, and I was like, "Lord, don't let this boy kill these boys." Oh my I God, know. he was putting them to the work. You th- I well, I probably would have looked at him like, "Are you serious? Like, you got to be kidding. You think I'm gonna do all of that?"
3: Right. Some <laughs> boys they, holding
0: it down this morning. I will tell you what,
2: that's crazy because they are. When I say they work out, ethic, uh, work ethic is off the chain. Like, I mean, you—they set the bar high. Like you, you gotta go get it and come back with it. Like it's whoa. a determination,
0: you know what I'm saying? Right. It, it's it's it's, any ball, it's anybody's game right now, right? Absolutely. Because they haven't been to camp. Some of them are just now getting up off the couch. Just just tell the truth. And then there's some that's been working on during this ho- this whole time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, if if things are are officially opening up June 17th, you gotta prove yourself. Mm-hmm you know, right. you, you right. got to prove yourself. So I also want to say congratulations to Iresha's son, Jordan. Oh, yes. Congratulations.
3: Congratulations.
0: yes. Congratulations. Look, I seen him grinding. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, they, there was a post that's like right after graduation, he was back out on the field running routes. So that's what exactly. I'm talking
2: about. Exactly. Yeah. Like for real. And, and, I, and I believe that that's, my son is his, like his mentor, one of his mentors. He mentioned that one time, and I said, Oh, oh wow. wow, this is a small world. This, yeah. is, this is a small world, how we connect like that, you know? Yeah. But yeah so, and then, congratulations, because you know, my son graduated in three years.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, that's wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Go back to
2: football. But he graduated in three years, guys. Uh, congratulations uh, to congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Yes. You on the back, girl.
0: What? Get get, get that yes. little ball back. Like, like He was playing. I'm like, oh my god! Wow. Oh my god! They're That's
1: out there like doing
0: it. He set it. the bar. He set
2: the
0: bar. He yes. set the bar high for his siblings behind him.
2: Yes, he did.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, this is good. All right, so let's move along. We have our special guest coming. I want to call him Coach Lewis, and he has a powerful story, a phenomenal story, a phenomenal journey. And we got to meet his wife in the green room, so she's a little spunky on fire. So I can't wait till we start <laughs> working with her. She's gonna come on, and we're gonna talk to the coaches' wives. Woo, that's gonna be a show. Yes. Talk to the coaches' that's wives.
1: Sh- that's gonna be. a oh, they're gonna tell
0: it. You know, they're gonna tell everything, right?
1: Right, <laughs> they don't get us fans and check.
0: Right, right. they're gonna tell. They're
2: The coaches'
0: wives. You're right because you're always mm-hmm. doing interviews with the husbands, right? Or right. you, know, but you never really talk to the wives of what they go through because they have to share their husband. They're you know they're gone yeah. or they're traveling and then yeah. they're always either having some of the guys over or the you know if, if the coach coach girls or whatever. So we don't know
1: it down. Them.
0: Right. right. We don't. And if they have kids, they have to take care of their kid. you know, take care of the kids while the husband's gone. So, you know, we don't never. And if he comes home after he didn't lost the game.
3: Mm, yeah, I can imagine.
0: She it, 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 like, Right. And then, you know, we have female coaches. So eventually, hopefully one day we'll talk to the coaches' husbands. Right. <laughs> yes. There you
1: go. Hey, we talking to everybody. We talk
0: to everybody, everybody. we talk to the dog and the cat. You know, I'm playing. I'm
3: playing.
0: So anyway, right after this, we will have Coach English come. No, Coach English, Coach Lewis come to the show.
2: All right. He's talking, He's talking
3: about you. Roll your hips right there. There's the drill. Right there. Here we go. Bend, bend, bend. Hit. Right. Pull down. Don't pull him on top of you. Not, not, but now, hey. There it he is. That's why we're doing the drill. Jay, first you went you went here. All right. You got to put weight on it. Step. Bend. All right. See right there? You almost did it again. Don't pull him this way. I'm, I'm yanking it it, him. It's going to knock his stride off. It's going to knock, knock you off. Let's go. go. Let's, Let's go. let we go. go. Right there, there it's right there. I don't want to pull him on me, alright? I want to pull him right? down and go. So it ought to look like this. I'll be here, here, and I'm off, alright? Punch! You're just turning. You got to punch him. Uh-huh. Let's get it right. Right there, there we go. Right there, you go. There you go. Don't, don't, don't give him a chance to shoot the hands hand right away right to grab up. something. Get yeah, him right. out of there. Here we go. Right. Flatten. there we go. Hey, right, there it is, right there. Move now. What am I going to say? Get low, get low. Come on, let's go. That's that route. He goes in, sinking that hole, right? He goes to one, two, right? He's going to master two. Now, you got to sit there in case they throw that vertical, right? There you go, stand up. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Here we go.
0: Hey, Coach Lewis. What'd you say? You got a punch.
4: Hey, got a punch. Yeah, get off of him. How y'all doing tonight? <laughs> hey, you? hey, I, saying, <laughs> <you're saying. laughs> like,
0: yeah,
4: I know everybody's exactly. trying
0: to figure out what in the world
1: was that about. Oh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. And me being able to pronounce his name. Yes. <laughs> Oh
0: say, well, I'm gonna go
4: with Coach Lewis. <laughs> All right. All right, That's
2: easy.
4: Oh say. Yeah. O-say. Yes. Yes. I'm the third. Oh, Ooh. you're the third. Oh, okay. There, there yeah. go that number three
2: again. <laughs>
0: three is in three. the place. What? Yeah. Okay, okay. So coach, I'm telling you, read your bio. Phenomenal. And then your journey is is seen. It's pretty um powerful of a journey i, I actually when i was watching a video i really like how you were working with them and encouraging them and just you seem so very passionate about what you were doing
4: and coaching so mm-hmm. can
0: we start with just how your journey began
4: uh i started uh with football family wise i come from a big family my family's from east texas originally and yeah, we moved texas. we moved from Tyler and Houston to, uh, to we wound up in Tucson. So I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and um, my I have uh, five brothers and five sisters. So there's eleven wow. of us. And my old my older brother, uh, who's since passed, he was an All American football player and went to and signed at USC. And then every one of us played football. And every one of us went to college. Uh, I went to Oregon State, played at Oregon State. Uh, After Oregon State, I played in the CFL briefly. And then I played arena football, which right now is in different forms in different places now. But I played in the original arena football league. And then um, after that, I decided I wanted to get into coaching, you know, I wanted to be able to impact I wanted to stay in the game, but also I found that you know as as I grew as a person, I wanted to impact young lives of young men and especially men uh, of color. I wanted to be mm. a guy and, and be a, and be a role model. So I got into coaching and, uh, okay. coaching obviously doesn't make you rich, but it it, 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 it was something that fulfilled me.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: That's good. Okay. So you went to, um, you played arena football.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, how many years did you do that?
4: Four years. I played four years from 88, 90. I played from 87 to 90 with, I was with the Chicago team. And then my last year I was with the New York team.
0: Okay. And then you went CFL after that?
4: No, I went CFL CFL first. first.
0: And how many years did you do CFL?
4: Uh, eight months. I was up there. With the Boy. team, wow. something like that, Dang. and then uh, I got hurt and came down here, and then I got a chance, and then I got the opportunity in the Arena Football League. That's a whole nother story about a two out. You know, you guys don't have. I don't know how much time you guys have. <laughs> how I wound up there, but I didn't
1: realize Arena Football was had started back then. I was like three yeah. years out of high school, so I didn't even realize. Oh man! Now you, ma-
4: now you, now you're making me feel old. <laughs> so you're three years out of high school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: arena football is uh, it's a little different, though, right? Yeah, you,
4: you, back then you played you played both ways. It's indoors. It's on a fifty yard. They called it the fifty yard indoor war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we played right when it started, so we didn't make any money. And mm. I was it was in the spring and summer, and so. I was, you know, I was able to do it and be a graduate assistant at the, in, at the same time in the fall for regular mm-hmm. football season. So that's kind of – that's how I got into coaching. And I got into coaching and you know, I, I was at Oregon. I've been uh, – you get into coaching, you kind of get on this carousel of you, if you want to stay in college coaching or even high school now, you're going to have to move a few times. And so we kind of wow. got on a carousel and um, – I, my first job was a graduate assistant at Oregon State. And then from there, I went to, after I was a grad assistant, I became a full-time coach at Western Oregon State in Monmouth, which is 30 miles uh, north of Oregon State. Mm -hmm. And I was there for two years. And then I went back to Oregon State uh, after two years as a full-time coach. And I was there for five years, excuse me, six years. And that's my alma mater. That's where I played. Mm-hmm. Uh not to be bragging, but I was an all-American linebacker there when I played there.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, it's all right.
4: Uh and then I was at Oregon State for six years, and uh, while I was at Western Oregon, uh I married my wife, and uh and then we went back and so now she 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 was she was uh gracious enough to jump on the carousel with me. We jumped and so we went from Western Oregon to back to Oregon State hmm. and then we uh, we were there for six years and then we uh, we got asked to leave Oregon State as in college football as a as a college football coach you either win or if you don't win yeah eventually eventually they're gonna ask you to leave right so we, now. as good as a player as I was at, at Oregon State they still asked me to leave they said <laughs> your services are no longer needed here and so <laughs> we went from Oregon State to uh, the University of Illinois mm-hmm. and we we were there for six years and we uh, we it was a great experience for us uh, for our family and, and me as a coach because we went from 0 and 11 to Big Ten champions playing in the we played in the sugar we played LSU in the Sugar Bowl um, and oh, we wow. we built we built a program with with a bunch of kids from, from uh, state of Illinois and then after Illinois, I left to become the de- I was to become the defensive coordinator at the University of New Mexico. And so we moved again. And I was there. I was a coordinator there for five years. I had some success. And then I was uh, lured to the University of Texas, El Paso, as a defensive coordinator for two years. Hmm. So then so we we that's how many moves is that?
0: I Amanda. think I lost after the first two. I'm
1: sorry. A <laughs> lot, but you forgot one, one position that was San Diego
4: State. Oh, I'm I'm getting there. I'm still okay. not there yet. So then, <laughs> then we were at UTEP for two years, and that we got asked to leave there. And then <laughs> I coached I coached a year in the, and then this uh league that started up the UFL. I know the heard you guys have heard the XFL. Yeah, I heard it the UFL. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was a defense, I went to Hartford, Connecticut as the defensive coordinator of a team in the UFL, but my family stayed in Texas. They stayed Mm -hmm. in El Paso. My kids finished because we always said, my wife and I always said, my wife, Darlene Lewis, (laughs) we've always said, Hey, when they got to high school, I would, if I had to leave or something or had to move, I would move. And they would we wouldn't uproot the kids in the middle of high school. So we didn't do that. So I spent a year at Hartford and after a year at Hartford, I went to San Diego state
1: oh, and wow. I
4: was at San Diego state as a D line coach for five years uh, with uh, the head coach. And I had worked together way back at Oregon state when he was a defensive coordinator. So now, uh, and then I'd, I had worked for him at New Mexico when he was the head coach and now I worked for him at San Diego state. So we were there for five years. We won three conference titles. We played in a bowl every year, and I should have mentioned that along the way. I've, I've played in fourteen bowl games as a wow. coach. Wow! Wow! And so we, after at San Diego State, I uh, I grew like I told you. I grew up in Arizona, so I and growing up in Arizona, I uh, I ran into in my later like college days. I ran into a guy, a young guy, Derek Mason. And so we used to hang out. We'd talk to each other. And Then he went to he went to college at NAU. You know, he's I'm seven years older than him. And then he got into coaching. So I'd see him. We'd say, "Hey, what's it? We'd hang out and stuff. You know, when we get we get home in Arizona, you know, I'd be up in Phoenix. And he's from Phoenix. And I'm from Tucson. But I'd be up in Phoenix and I'd see him and we'd go hang out. Well, he became the head coach here at Vanderbilt. Mm, wow. And he hired me away. Hired, talk to me and said, hey, I want you to come to Vanderbilt and uh, help me build this thing. And so after the 2015 season, I came here to Vanderbilt. And so that's eight moves. So this is our eighth place we've been, or eighth yeah. move we've had. I think I've been to uh, nine different schools.
1: Oh, wow, that's so, like
4: military. Yeah, exactly like military. I got friends, I got a uh, family in the military. They say, man, you move more than I do.
1: <laughs> wow. Hey, I got my announcement, my surprise.
4: What's up, the
1: day, Sergio Phillips from DeSoto.
4: Serge! Who is Serge? Yes,
1: I am DeSoto's favorite fan. So I text Sergio. I said, Sergio, guess what? I got your coach coming on the show. And that's my guy. Like, he was like, I, That's like my dad. He's like a father to me.
4: That's like, saying, I love guy. him. I love Serge.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know I did. I'm doing. A, I did a documentary called "Path to the Draft." Seven to solo you players, and Sergio is one of the players in right. my community. So I'm gonna oh. reach out to you to give me an interview to go in his documentary.
4: Oh no, no problem. Hey, I, I, I love Sergio. Sergio was came to me. He was a young cat. We couldn't figure out if we want him on offense or defense. And I finally said, "Hey, I take him," <laughs> and. As you guys saw on the tape, I'm, I, hey, I care about my players, and I tell them, hey, I love you so much. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. Mm, So I, I you know, I tell them, hey, look, I'm gonna treat you just like you're mine. I like that. And mine don't, I don't let mine act a fool. I don't let mine do certain things. So when you do those things, I'm gonna discipline you.
3: Mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm
4: gonna talk to you like you don't like to be talked to, you know, and I'm. And, you know I just have th- certain things with kids and, and the deal I always tell them hey I love you but I just I just can't I cannot sit here as a coach and say hey you know i'm gonna I'm gonna use you for four years and then i'm gonna I'm gonna get mine as a coach because I'm gonna get paid and then i'm and then I have to sit here at home and wonder what Sergio can he handle himself out there by himself or somebody wow. do this to him you know, yeah. part I of like my job, part of my job as a coach and I always tell I always tell moms this and, and and parents this when I was recruiting them. Hey, when when you send them to me, you send them to me. OK, mm. I, will, I will talk to you all day about. Academics, their behavior and social life, but I won't ever talk to you. We, we won't ever talk football. So don't come asking me. I always tell parents. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you because we we're gonna we're gonna have a relationship here, right? Right. And part of this relationship, I do the football, and I support you raising them. Right. That's mm. good. I like. Okay. That. But I don't like ask that. me why he's not playing because he knows because because <laughs> part of part of why you send him off to college is to grow up and become a man. That's right. All right. And part of being a man is he needs to have a relationship with me. Of respect. Right. Well, I respect him and he respects me, so I got to act. So that I get respect and so does he and you know that and that's kind of you know especially you know I think about Serge you know how immature he was when I first got him and then how mature he was when I left because I left year, I left a year before he was done wow right and I came in I said hey man I I him together and I said hey Serge I'm leaving oh. he said where are you going <laughs> I said hey, I, I, I said, like y'all said, I'm going with, with my homeboy. <laughs> I said you would be all right. And he was, and he was all right. And t- we talk In fact, we were talking. Uh, shoot, I'm getting old now. I think we were talking last year. I was trying to help him. I was calling. I, you know, I called NFL teams for him and talk. You know, talked him up, trying to get him in camp somewhere. Yeah. What's he? What's Serge doing now?
1: Uh, I don't. I don't. I know he was back here home. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I'm not sure because that's the part I got to get the end of his story because it's more about their path, not uh-huh. necessarily the draft. So I got to get their story as far as what he's what is he doing now. So I right. got to do that.
4: So I'm still working. I've been doing it for two years. That, that's that's great. I, I'm glad you made my night. What am I got? What am my guys? <laughs> See, that's what we there?
0: do at Can We Talk Sports. We we make your night. Nice. No, we never he, know who we know, and we never know who you know. So.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, I tell people when when you get in this this coaching deal, and I know you guys are you talk, talk like you say parents have a say in this thing. I, I think that that's that's awesome that you guys are doing that because now you'll get to talk to people like me that I don't mind telling you because I'm at the end of I'm 57 years old. I'm I'm about done with this coaching, right? I'm about mm-hmm. I'm about out the game, but I think I can help people like you, and that's why I came up with football ideas and educate you about the recruiting process. Yeah. The process when he's gone and he's calling at home and he's saying, Hey, coach Lewis is he, he not treating me right. Well, the other part of that, that kids don't tell their moms and dads is they're not acting right. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. Know? That's okay. so true. Yeah. And, but, but I'm going to tell you this. Cause I had two kids go to college. They still your kids and you won't, Hey, you, Because the thing that, that coaches forget that I tell coaches, you got to remember this when you're dealing with parents, okay? You guys watched everything. You watched them work out. I heard you talking earlier about your son working out and his work ethic. You watched all that, okay? So that's what you see. seen. You saw all the work he did when he was 11, you know, till he's 15, 16, 17. Then he goes off to college, and then he's not playing. And you go, well, he's not playing. He worked his butt off. Well, mm-hmm. you you're not seeing. We're not seeing that. So we we then you come at a coach, and the coach comes back at you like, hey, "I don't wanna, I don't want to deal." Everybody needs to understand where everybody's coming from, and that's what that's where a lot of times where all this transfers happening, right? The mm-hmm. parents right. are going, "Hey, you're not playing. Hey, man, you got to get out of there." Well, why aren't you playing? Well, you didn't go to study hall. You were short on your hours for study hall. You missed class. Mm-hmm. OK, and now coach can't count on you. So coach ain't going to play it. OK, because I had to come home. I got to pay for all this. You know, <laughs> I, I got to pay for all this. And how am I going to pay? I pay for it by making sure Sergio Phillips of the world is in class, is doing right, is acting right on a Saturday night. I can trust mm-hmm. him. OK, so some of that falls on me. I got to I got to educate him and train him. All right and support what you've done to to, to that point cuz now he's with me he's not with you he's with me all of a sudden more than he is with you right right so so it's really a, it's it's a, an education process as I, as I see it as I go through at the end of my career here in that I think you can stop a lot of what's happening with players and parents getting into it or saying hey coach is this is coach coach is not I am not a bad guy. I am not trying to lose football games, okay? (laughs) And I I am not trying – the reason we signed that kid is we think he can help us, okay? Okay. And I'm trying to get him to do that. He's not doing that right now. Somebody else on this team is doing that, so he's not playing right now, you know? And then then I, as a coach, have to look at why why is she or he in here uh, on the phone with me saying I'm treating the son wrong, Right? well because she watched him work his butt off since he was 10 years old to now and she knows how hard he worked and she knows she you're ready for him to get paid off okay but now he's got to finish it so it's it's always a two way deal and then you have the then you then you have the uh, situation where everything works out and that's what most of the time everything works out but mm-hmm. some of the problems i've seen and some of the things that especially now with recruiting how recruiting has really taken off and changed it's because it's because people don't understand where other people are coming from. You say, "Well, I understand you." Well, you know, you don't understand where I okay. You don't understand where I got that thought process from. Mm. You know, I got I got my thought processes. A lot of my thought processes from a single mom who raised eleven kids by herself and worked and worked three and four jobs. That's wow. why I work. That's why I work so hard. Okay. Wow. But you wouldn't know that, and 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 that I have no patience for. Men or anyone that hits that that were to hit or abuse you know or treat a woman bad, you know, so so when I when I when I when I lose it, and also a mom that if I use the if I use the n word, I get slapped across the mouth, right? So to this day, I don't use it. Wow. So those are the things that people, you know, I, I I'm really trying to get that message out to people about and to parents when I get a chance to talk to them. Hey, listen. Make sure you understand where they're coming from, and they need to understand where you're coming from, right? right. You know, everybody wants to get along. I want to get along too, but at the same time, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. You know, right. it's not a bad thing. To, it's not a bad thing to disagree.
1: So you mean in college, parents come and say, "Why well, my son not playing?" <laughs> well, 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 hold on now i gotta I, because i'm um, parent
0: with different parents so different yes parents. i see my kids work out and i've seen my kids bench especially my daughter mm-hmm. and i've actually called the coach and i told her thank you mm-hmm. and i think she got nervous because it was like did you just call me to say thank you i was like thank you for benching her if if she wants to play then she'll figure out how to get off the bench i'm right. because i understand you know, whether they get a little smart, a little relaxed, I'm not going to say why you're not playing my child. If my child is on the bench, it's because nine out of 10 is something they did. Right. Right. Uh And if they're on there, then I always tell them, you need to figure out how to get off the bench. So like with my older son, um, one time he did not pass a class and that was seventh grade. That joker has never been on the bench since, since seventh grade here. He's 25 playing professional ball. And then my daughter, she got benched her um, freshman year because she made varsity at seventh grade. And so I kind of watched her. I didn't know if she was ready to handle uh, playing varsity at ninth grade. Uh, And so the energy she gave in seventh and eighth grade, she backed off kind of when she got to ninth grade and the coach didn't understand why. Well, anyway, she benched her. And so she's like, I was like, are you playing? And she's like, no. And I was like, why? And she was like, the coach said, I'm not doing this and this. And I said, well, you need to figure it out. And so I called the coach and I said, thank you. I said, cause either she's going to step up to the plate or she's yeah. going to ride the bench. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to come and tell you off and why my child playing. And that doesn't make sense. It's like, really think about it, you know? And so she figured out how to get off the bench and she started playing. And I was like, and I'm the parent, I'll bench you myself.
4: Right. And see, and see, you're the, you're the, you're like an anomaly. You don't happen a lot. Parents like you don't happen a lot. Okay. And when, you know, when they do, you say, okay, you kind of, and then you want to tell you, Hey, I want you to be tough, but don't, don't be so tough that, you know, okay. now it becomes, it becomes this, I'm going to show you and I'm not going to do it. You know, you get that too. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, 30, 31 years of coaching, I've seen a whole bunch yeah, but that you you you're what what coaches want. You know, I want parents to tell them, "Hey, guess what? Everything don't work out every time. It yeah. it sometimes is tough. You have to beat people out. You have to compete to get your job. So, mean, and competing means being on time to training table, being on time to study hall, being on time to class.
3: Mm. You
4: know, being on time to meetings, being on time to practice." All of it, you know, because football players now they'll get into this. I'm gonna do all my football. They'll do all their football right, and then because I won't put, I won't. If you don't go to class, I won't pay. It. I won't play you. You know, when I when I when I was wow. full time coach, hey, if they came back to me, I, I don't care. I had I had an all conference defensive end at, at uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. He a three point something student, but he didn't go to class for a week.
1: Oh, wow. So, guess what? You not play. play.
0: You, you, hey. Well, it's like a job, though, coach. So, well,
4: that's what—that's exactly what that's I'm like doing. A job.
0: You don't show up for work for a week. You think they're going to pay you? You think you hey. still, matter of fact, you still think you got your
1: job?
4: Yeah, you may not have a job. <laughs> you may not have a job. <laughs> and that's what I, you know, and that's what I think as a coach and all these guys right now, they're getting into coaching because right now, being a college coach is lucrative, money-wise, right? Right. Um, but- I'm hoping these dudes understand you should be getting in the coach because you can help somebody, whether they right. be black, white, or purple, you can help them. Is mm. your 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 objective should be how do I get better as a coach so that I can help this young man achieve his goal? Right. I mean, that's 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 why I think I've been successful. And I got I got players like Sergio Phillips that uh, when I got diagnosed with cancer, right. You know, I couldn't get off the phone. I couldn't put the phone down because guys are checking on me, seeing if they got to. They got to get. How fast can they get to Nashville? You know. Wow. That's that's why that's why you should coach. I don't. Hey, I I don't. I've you know I've reaped the benefits of, of being a coach, but the biggest benefit that I've reaped is the relationships. I was on the phone this morning with one of my linebackers from Oregon State, which is. 30 some years ago. I was on the phone with him for an hour and a half this morning. Just talk about just this COVID-19 and he, he happens to be a, a Trump supporter and I happen to not be. And we, we <laughs> discussed that, and, you know, but that's, that's why you should be getting in coaching is that the relationships you build and the lives that you can help.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. That's it. That's, I like how you said that because that's what me and my husband were actually talking to, um, our kids about today, it's about relate this, well, actually last night, it's about relationship, you know? And Uh so, um, during the COVID situation, my son's been training some high school kids until they find out what they're going to do for the the NFL. And I'm like, build relationships, you know, really help them because he, he didn't go first round draft. He Uh went as a free agent. So I'm like, tell your story. Cause everybody doesn't go first round. We always talk about that. And so it's like, tell your journey and your story, help these young people become successful. And even if they don't go first round or even if they don't go still teach them characters, because Uh you're going to need it. Whether you get a job, whatever you do in life, you're going to need it. You know? Mm -hmm. And so like we were talking about, we did our show, um, bench warmers and we were talking about that and you have parents who do get upset and it's like, no, because you're messing them up. They can't do that at a job because no. you're always competing for a position, especially when you get in corporate America. Well, It it doesn't matter. Period. You can work at McDonald's and somebody wants your manager position. So you're always competing for a position. Right. And if you if you're teaching your child to pout and pass out and have a fit because they're bent, then you're not going to teach them how to survive in the world. Survive
4: in the real world. You're my, not. You know, Listen. I went through that Listen. with my kids, with my kids coming up. My son played on a, when we were in Albuquerque. So I was a defensive coordinator there. So, you know, people would see me in the community. And I really believe this coach, there was another, and he just did not want to play him in the right position. And so I didn't say nothing because I didn't want to be that parent. But I finally had to, it got to a point. I finally had to say something when he got, my son got hurt. And I said, Hey, this isn't where he's supposed to be, you know. I made I made myself know I didn't make a I didn't make a scene out at practice. I waited till I got him away from everybody, and I said, "Hey, look, man, this this is what you have to do. because and and I make that point because there are situations as parents where you you need to step in when you have a bad coach who is sitting somebody down just the just to be spiteful, right. and I felt like this coach was being spiteful because of. The position I held and that he would he thought he should have held, he could help hold. And I thought he was holding it against my son, so I said something to him. Wow.
1: Yeah. Now you know you do right. have that going was on. Asking, so, so. Yeah. What did you say, Kawasika? Go ahead, Kawasha. Yeah, that's what
2: I was gonna ask. So when do you know when they being spiteful? Like since
4: well, then it's not the parent. I think I think as a parent, you really gotta. You gotta be able to reach your kid. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And then, as a parent, and your kids don't like this, but it's, that's too bad. That's why they kids. Uh, you have to do some investigating. Yep. You know, one of the things I did is I went to I got off work earlier and went and watched practice. I want to see for you know that's what I this is what I do for, for a still. living. Yeah. I want to see for myself. And you you and you as a parent, you can see. You can see a couple of things. I don't care what sport your son or daughter is playing, but you can see if they're giving good effort and if they're being coached, if they're being taught. Right? Somebody's teaching. You can get there, and if you assess from yourself from what's going on, then you know. Okay, wait a minute. Coach ain't saying nothing. Like I, I've seen some really bad youth football coaches, uh, <laughs> and. And I just—it just amazes me that they all they do is yell, and so oh I've had a chance, whenever I've had a chance to talk to that group, I tell them that volume. Even though you have this people say that volume uh, expresses confidence, well, that's not—that's not always true in coaching. Okay? That's right. When, some when I, when I talk loud, like you saw in the clips of me there, when I'm talking loud, I am talking about something that will help my players get better. Okay. When I was a young coach, I was talking loud and yelling loud just to be heard. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a big difference between big that. Difference. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, if I'm talking loud, it's because I'm making a point now. And coaches sometimes is coaches that coach these youth teams and these coaches some of the and Texas is not as bad because Texas football I got a lot of respect for Texas football football.
0: players. I'm okay. So I'm from Oklahoma, but these Texas (laughs) football players is about it, about it here, man. I'm telling you. And so
4: you get better, you get a better grade of coach, but I think you need to, those are the things I would look for as a parent. You Like you, you ask, how do you know, go out and make sure your your son or child is giving great effort. It's trying to understand it's being, it's being coachable. And then, and evaluate the people who are coaching your, your, your son. It's it's I, I would do that until if I was a parent, I would do that all the way through college. I think that's part of the recruiting process. You need as a parent, before you send your son to to Oklahoma or Texas AM, you need to you need to evaluate the coaches, the head coach, you know, his position coach, his academic, who the academic people are gonna be around him. You know, is this going to be really the experience? I think a lot of people get swept in and they say, oh, man, Alabama's recruiting me. Well, Uh Alabama might not not be the best thing. That's right. So on
0: that note, can I ask you this question since we're talking about that? Uh Um, Had a situation, seen a situation um, when a a high school kid is recruited to college by their position, whether it's wide receiver or whatever. And that coach leaves and go to another college. Should that athlete go with them? Because I have seen, no. Okay, say,
4: go ahead. No, what? what have well, you well, seen? I guess I the have
0: question been- I asked because that when when um when my son got recruited, uh-huh. um his coach left, and so I saw the struggle because the new coach came in and the the guys he recruited was he favored them because me and my son had uh-huh. the conversation and I said, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to still show up no matter what, you cannot have a sour face. You still be a team player. You 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 tell them good job. I said you still do your job, and every time you touch that field, you leave your mark. But I knew the fight because the the coach had his favorite that he would bring in, and they would they would start over my son. I know he had two injuries. Where did your son play? Oklahoma. Okay. And so. No. He came back strong, but, and so with that being, he, I said, when you're on the sideline, you cheer everybody on. I said, Uh I don't care who the guy is that started before you, you cheer him on. You still, still respect your coach. You still showed up. And because of it, he received two on, we did not know they were watching him. He received Uh two honor awards, the highest you can get as a football player, the Don key and the um, Prentice scout award for
4: his character. Yeah, first character, and that's, and I guess that's what I'm. I'm always talking about building. I, nice. I get it when a when a when I was uh, in college, my coach left. They they got asked to leave,
3: wow. and
4: so I had, a, and so I was my junior year. I was second team all Pac-10, Pac Ten pack It's Pac Twelve now. Pac Ten, you know, I was leading tackler on the team. I was coming back for my senior year, and the new coaches came in. And I was third team on the first day of spring practice. Okay. Wow. And I'd call my mom, I, uh, my mom, my high school coach were the biggest influences on me at mm-hmm. the, you know, at the time. And I said, Hey, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm going to transfer back to Northern. I'm getting <laughs> out of here. I, I did. I said, I'm getting out of here. And, you know, coach, you know, coach kind of heard me out and, you know, but my mother said, what you going to quit now for?
3: That's right. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. She said, you, you can't, uh, you can't, You can't get, you can't beat them. Basically in her way, her East Texas way. She said, you can't beat, you can't, you can't beat nobody out. Them boys better than you. And so I think when a coach transfers, Mm -hmm. that's, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Like your son took that as an opportunity. It was an opportunity for your son to grow. His character grew. Yeah, it, his, it grew. His character was huge. Now it grew. It all, okay? tremendously. He, he And so, and that's how. When I at the time I didn't know it, but my character grew because I just said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best I can do." And then you never know who, who's watching. So I got I got elected captain. Okay. After after about five six practices, I was back to you know my spot because wow. I just I just. Just worked at it. Like your son did. I just worked at it. I didn't worry about no one else. And that's what happens to players. They say, okay, well, he left, and he's going to get his own quarterback. Okay? Well, coaches are human too. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, quarterback – and it happens mostly with the quarterback position. Yeah. They I've say, well, uh, new coaches coming in. and uh, Well, what if you say, hey, new coaches coming in. i got to learn the playbook, and I'm going to – I plan on being the starter. And I plan on competing with whoever they want to bring in here. Uh, I I believe I can make things better, but kid, but players don't. We don't because and and I say that now because I'm I've got a ton of experience and I get it. Players don't get it, but as parents and as mentors and people who are in their lives, they people got to do a better job of, of telling these kids this this generation because everybody tra- you right now everybody's transferring. Yeah,
0: they are. Great.
1: I've
4: seen a lot of transfers. Have oh, you, yeah. Oh yeah. You look at the the transfer portal, you know, which we look at. You look in there, and there's quarterbacks because they're freshmen. All right, and then they 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 sit down the first year, then the second year. If they're not the guy, they start looking for somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And now everybody says, "Well, is that the way we do it?" No, it really isn't. I, I mean, how do you ever build a relationship?
0: And then you're not reliable. Because then you'll do it in a job. If they don't give you what you want, then right. you'll, put so, the job and you'll find another here, job. Right.
4: Here's the deal. Right. <laughs> if you don't, if you take a job as an accountant for a firm, and then and you're the head accountant, and then they bring an assistant accountant in, and you don't like it, and that assistant passes you up, whose fault is that? It's your fault. But they mm-hmm. don't think that way.
0: No, because the, especially in, in sports, if they were trying to – it's easy to quit and move and maneuver and go to another team, then, you right. know, they're going to do it all their life. So, you know? well, like, no, okay.
4: but, but I haven't uh hey, like Bernie Mac used to say, we all got family, right? Mm-hmm. I got a nephew that's, that was – he would have been the best – he would have played in the NFL, okay? Mm-hmm. But as soon as things got hard – he he won't do it. He's all he's all American junior college player. I got him into a junior college. I'm I'm getting I'm trying to I'm getting ready to sign him and take him to Oregon State with me, right? But it's, he had things academically for him got too hard. That's too hard. I do not do that. So he didn't do it.
0: Well, they start. It's it's amazing, huh? Karen and Kalasica. They started at a young age with the kids, the little league teams, right? Little so teams, the, yep. the moms get. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm okay. I'm going to try to keep it together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it together. But you get those moms who bring their kid. And I mean, that kid is decked out with all the latest cleats, the latest arm. I mean, he, you know, little Johnny is the man. And the minute the coach deals with little Johnny's attitude, right? Mom's like, I'm out. We're going to another team.
4: On another team.
0: You're gonna mess little Johnny up because then when he gets to high school and college, and he brings it in the coach check, on what you gonna do? Take him out of high school and move him to another high school, which some of them do. But it, it, I've seen it start at a young age. These and their mom, and it's and it's a lot of moms that are younger and single. Yep. And I mean, and they put this pressure, pressure that their little Johnny's gonna take them to the league and buy them the house and the cars and the lifestyle. So if you don't play little Johnny, we're gone. It's like, wait, wait. Little Johnny got an attitude. He's telling telling you off. (laughs) And the coach see it, right? I've seen him, like, tell their own mama off, right? The coach see it. The coach is trying to discipline him. And then you
2: get bad.
4: I disciplined him. I don't
2: know where, Shannon, you came from, but baby, the coaches then play the parents didn't play. We didn't play none of that. I just uh, think I've seen community. it. Shout
4: out to I've No, I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Term, if y'all ever watch this uh Pleasant Crow factors I just gotta stand up for y'all, baby, because I let them, you know, discipline whatever they had to do for mine, it's like from from four all the way till they left Little League. Like Coach. we just we just stayed in our place. Parents stayed in their place. Coaches stayed in their place. And the crazy part, Coach Trent, he screamed, but he like like Coach, like Coach said he screamed with a purpose. Basically, I don't know what. <laughs> Listen, this oh, is but you know what I'm talking about, right, baby?
0: Coach?
4: Yep. Old
0: school, Seen it. Old, we
4: did, but we see, did those Kawasha, those those old schools that you talking about, them also the same cats you watching on Sunday. Those what guys playing, on, they playing in the NFL because because of parents like right. you that said, "Hey, you better listen to the coach." Well, that's, that's what it. I'm saying. But what we're saying, saying, saying is, there's less, there's less and less of you.
0: There's less and less. You don't see it as much, and no. and it, it's kind of like, even though it's funny because my son, we were like, "Okay, you're going to go first round draft." We had this vision. So, but I yet I always had a plan, a backup plan. Okay, if you don't, then what's the next step? So anyway, right. he went free agent and he still made it to the NFL. And, and I see the fight to just to make a team because now that's a whole nother level, right? Because it's political, you know, and if you don't have enough film and enough numbers, right. but I still see him work his hard. And, and even he's played for like three or four different teams. And even right. when he would leave, the coach would say, you are the hardest worker. I, we want to keep you, but it's political. You know, you don't have a, you didn't have enough numbers from when you played at OU which he tried to but he dealt with the overlooking but i believe the thing that has kept him one is prayer two his character because it it's still the same all the way through from high school to college and wow. so that's the thing that i feel somehow we have to grab these kids at a young age at least seventh yeah. grade, starting a program or something to because that's where it starts you know because you know from 7th back That's Daddy Ball, Karen. You know Daddy Ball, right? So yeah. yeah. So so when, but when you hit seventh grade, is when you get the coaches. Yeah. And now they're like, so where your son was the man from second grade to sixth grade, now he's here. He's not the man. He doesn't know how to handle it. The mom doesn't know how to handle it, and some dads don't know how to handle
3: it. it. No, but the
0: the attitude. And, but they're trying to fix it because they know he's really good, but they're trying to like let me help adjust this attitude because if we don't, he's gonna he's gonna destroy himself later in life. Yeah. But parents get mad about well, it.
4: Yeah, parents get mad. But and part of that for the players is they look at the they look at okay, for example, what was the deal it was just was just just on about Michael Jordan, the Last Dance? Yeah. yeah. All they see, this generation coming up, all they see is the final deal. They don't see when mama was, you know, getting them up, driving them here, uh, right. sitting in the stands on, on a rainy day, letting you, you know, play. They don't see all that, and they don't. And so I think they're missing the gratitude part of it. Mm. Okay? They don't have the gratitude, okay, towards the coaches to That's say, right all right, I appreciate what he did, so I'm going to play hard for him, okay? And that's kind of, you know, and that's what I'm always – and that's what I try to do. I try to build that, and I, you know. And now in my current role, I miss that because I don't know – if you guys know it, I was diagnosed with cancer in two thousand. Yeah, 2017. we were going to get
0: to that. We wanted to talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: So I was coaching here at Vanderbilt, and I got the stomach flu. Everybody got it on the team. And so I thought it was like everybody else had the stomach flu. So I was throwing up and I was leading the defense then. And so we have a defensive meeting on on a Thursday before we played Ole Miss. And I'm and I and I I'm sweating. Um, you know, so I finally said, Hey guys, I, I see you on the field. I'll meet you out there. So I went back down in the locker room and I was throwing up and one of um, my my graduate the young brother that worked for me, uh Javon, he ran up and got Coach Mason. And he said, Hey, he won't stop throwing. So May said, Go home.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
4: you know, we get around. I said, Man, I can't go home. He said, No, go home. So that's what you know, working for somebody you know and, and that you that cares about you and you care about. It. So I, I I made it home somehow. And I looked bad. I must have looked bad. Because when I walked in the house, my wife, she said, go lay down. And so I laid down for a little bit, and I got up. And then she came and looked at me. She said, you know what, we're going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So I went to the doctor, and they gave me some IV and fluid. And they said, hey, we're going to do your labs, all right? So I did my labs, and everything was out of whack. And everything was not right. So they said, can you come back in eight or nine days when you feel better? And so I got over the stomach flu, came back, they did it, and my liver enzymes were out of whack. They weren't right. So they said they wanted to do something else. They took another test. And then they did that, and then they wanted to do another test, and they wanted me to take this picture. Well, we made a bowl game. I left for the bowl game, and I didn't get the last set of pictures. So they came back. I took the last set of pitchers, and they said, you have a growth on your liver. So I have mm. cholangiocarcinoma cal- cal- cancer. I have a, the same cancer that Walter Payton had. Mm. It's it's on a, uh, I have a tumor in the middle of my liver, right at my bile duct. Okay. So they wow. can't like usually with the liver they'd lop off one side and you keep on rolling. But mine's in the middle so they can't get it out. So I've had I started I did uh 34 no, 18 chemo infusions and 34 radiations, okay? And it, it's, it slowed it down. So mm-hmm. for about eight, nine months, uh, a year, I was, nothing was happening. And then it, it, it came back in the, in the liver. It, shrunk, it, it slowed down. It came back, and they started chemo, and the, the same chemo didn't work again. And then they started another one and it was working. But then, because I'm I'm pretty healthy, I, I you know, try to keep myself in shape, and that's that's paid off. They uh, had a new procedure this last uh six six weeks ago. I went underwent a procedure.
3: They mm-hmm. went through
4: my femoral artery to the tumor, okay, and the tumor has it also has two lesions on it. And they found the main blood, it's called a chemo, chemo embolization. Mm. And they went through in there and they shot it with chemo directly. Wow. And then they blocked off the blood vessel, the, the blood supply to it. So now my cancer uh, levels are normal. So, cause oh. it, it's not getting it. So, you know, it's been, it's been quite the journey. I mean, in a lot of, a lot of things have happened. I'm, you know, I hadn't been able to coach it. I'm still around the players, but I don't coach as much. And I, you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, faith, right? Yeah. Right? Faith and fight. And faith belief. and fight. I like and that. Because my, my whole attitude about this whole thing has been that, hey, if you see me fighting a bear, don't worry about me. The bear getting ready to die.
0: Man, you better say <laughs>
4: okay? that. So that's that's how I've attacked it. That's how my kids and my wife. That's how we've attacked it. You know, we you know even we've had we've had ton of setbacks. You know, and you know one of the things I say, hey, setbacks in the comebacks. Right? Mm, you know, when yeah. They say, you know, hey, this because we can't, you know, do this, and this might happen to you. Hey, hey, I, I was raised in the uh, Baptist church hey okay. I'm still in the Baptist church, and I really believe God has a plan for me. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah.
4: And if He was gonna take me, He'd he he He'd have done it when I was out there trying to be a gangbanger when I was, you know, eleven or twelve years old. You know.
0: Wait, Coach, did you say he was trying to be a gangbanger? Oh yeah, I thought I, I would have never guessed that for nothing in the world.
4: Oh, I thought I was gonna be a gangster.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I
2: did too, Coach.
4: Hey. Oh, I, I, not, you, you I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you why our general people, little older people, why we don't get caught up in all that stuff. You know what, you know what stops all that? What? Uh, whoopings. <laughs> whoopings. Oh, hey. I
0: hope my husband ain't watching this show.
4: <laughs> hey, you catch a he will
0: say it in a minute. He said, Let me tell you something. He hey. oh his story is so funny because he said his mama would line them up and whoop them before they go to church. And so and he's like, why are you doing it? She said, cause I know you're gonna act up so I'ma catch you now. Yeah, hey, you you gonna get don't out. act up in church at all. No, she he said, he said, baby mama will whoop us. We, we ain't Come even on. out the door. Pop, 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 pop. And he would be like, why are you whooping us? Cause I know you're gonna act up. So I'ma catch you <laughs> before you act up. Do you no, know? We... He said, even his brother to this day will sit still in church and won't even go, just won't even move. You think I chew
4: gum in church? No, you probably don't. You bet you. Hey, that's. I, I know my grandma gum. used to do that. She's hey, bad. My at mother, that gum. We, we, we would get. I got a whooping because I was bad when I was a kid. <laughs> if you ever have, you have met my sisters, they'd tell you I was bad. So I got a whooping. I got kicked out of elementary 15 times before I got through the sixth grade. I got asked oh. to. They, they sent me home. I, and then they figured out, hey, he might have some behavioral problems. <laughs> and my mother said, "No, he don't have no behavioral problems." She said, "I'm straightening it out." And hey, by the eighth grade, I was straightened out. Because I say, "Man, I'm tired of getting whoopers. She would make you go. She make you go get a, a pomegranate. We had a pomegranate tree. Oh, that's right. what I'm
2: gonna say. You remember, so you had to go
4: get the switch. I had to go you get the, the switch. switch. I, but that's yeah. how stupid. But that's how stupid y'all you when you're young and you think, hey. You know, you know, you you out, you out when you ain't supposed to be out. You don't talk back to the teacher. You don't, you don't try to ditch school. And you know, you ain't got nowhere to go but to that house. And you know, you don't get a welcome.
2: You're had to go in the house.
4: But that I'm gonna tell you something. After a while, you start saying, "Hey man," like cats would come up to me in high school and say, "Hey man, we to go over here and smoke this reefer and to do this." And I say, "Hey man, <laughs> I'm not taking another." You
3: <laughs>
4: I mama find out. Yeah, I knew she's gonna find out, and I just say, "Hey, I'm not. That's I'm good, man. I'm I'm sticking with." And then she had given my high school coach permission to do whatever he wanted to do.
0: And yeah, back then you could, because now, you, you, oh you yeah, can't, he, you, yeah. Can't, okay. you can't
4: you can't look at your kids ro- the wrong way.
0: My husband said his mama got a job as a hall monitor. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. I said, oh,
3: dang, your mom
0: was just as bad as mine. I remember yeah. I went out one night. I thought I was grown up. I think I was about 17, 16, 17. Uh-huh. And I came home late. And, we're, and the, where our house was, right, there's the front door. And then catar- uh, by the door is the bathroom window so you can open it. So I'm out there. It's 2 in the morning. I'm scared now because it's late. I'm knocking. I tried to get in. She put all the locks on the door. You know, back in the day, mama's had all the locks right. Full she, opened the door. she opened that window. She go, What you want? I said, Mom, let me <laughs> in.
3: I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, she
0: said, You didn't think about it, it when you. I told you to be home by 12 and it's two o'clock. Right, I was
3: like,
0: right. Mom, let me yep. in. Crazy. Girl, she must have stopped, poof, Slammed it and I was standing outside. I was so scared, y'all. I tell you what, I never it's came
2: crazy. in the house late again. <laughs>
3: yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, I
3: remember no. taking my mama's car at 15. Ooh. You took Ooh. the car.
2: Yes, I wanted to drive early. I, to drive early. I, I had somewhere to go. I don't know where, but I had somewhere to go. And when I came back, I was on that flow. I, I said, dang, you about to slam me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, my mother used to she would she would uh you know she raised all them kids by herself and wow. she had she had no problem the closest thing to her, you might get hit with. (laughs) So, but no, let me get back. I'm sorry. I got off course. So now, so now I, I um, I'm the special assistant to the head coach and uh, I'm cancer. Right now there's no cancer in my body. They can't operate. They can't remove the tumor. Amen. But but as right now, uh, my cancer numbers are good. And, uh, we're trying to get back to work, but with this pandemic, you know, I tell people I'm just a. All these people tell me, oh, it's just like the flu. I'm tell you, I'm staying in this house. It, I'm not. I'm not letting the flu knock me down. Oh. So God. you know, and that's you know, especially you fighting something that nobody knows nothing about right now. Yeah. So, so right now, that's kind of where where I'm at with it, and and I'm you know I'm. I'm, I'm
0: your assistant to the head coach. So, are you the one sitting up in the
4: um, in the uh, what is it? What is it? Yeah, the press box. box, Yes, well, some get like uh, last year they gave me this drug last year and it it dropped my uh sodium and I wound up in the hospital, Mm. right. So, but I got healthy enough for the first game, but, but I'm usually on the sideline now. But Mace made me go up there. But when I was the defensive coordinator, I was always up in the box. I stayed up, upstairs. But, but now, NCAA's got so many rules about who can be in the press box, how many people can be there. So now I'm on the sideline.
0: Are oh, you on the sideline? Yeah. yeah. So, with this COVID, um, how do you think things are going to turn out right now for, for college ball? When do they see themselves come? Because we usually ask this question um, with all of our guests that are coaches or actors. Yeah.
4: My, my hope is that I think the longer, I think if we'd have quarantined a little bit longer, okay, we'd have better answers. But since we now we're jumping out of there, I'm hoping that, like here at Vanderbilt, they said the SEC said we can go back in June. We can start returning back June 8th. But we're we're going to bring kids back in flights. I In ta- uh, fact, that I was on a Zoom with, with Derek this, uh, this afternoon. We're going to bring the kids back in flights. All right? We're not going to bring the whole team back on June 8th. We're just going to bring them back in flights. And right now, the NCA is planning on us playing regular games, I think, and I don't know, uh, this, isn't, this isn't anything official, I would think that they're gonna uh, keep the stadiums empty or half empty, okay? Because it makes no sense if the virus travels person to person. To put our stadium holds forty five thousand, it makes no it makes no sense to put forty five thousand people shoulder to shoulder, plus the players, plus the people who the game right. management people. So I think the crowds are, and I've heard that the crowds are going to be limited. Okay. Another thing I heard a while back, and I, if, that if if they can't control it, is they may have a, an abbreviated season where you just play conference games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think, but I think the num the plan that they they're talking about is I think we're going to bring them back in June and let them go to summer school, let them train, mm-hmm. and then in August I think. As, as they get more information about the virus, we'll, we'll get more information about what we'll do. But I, I, I think it's crazy, you know. When you sit there and you watch the president and other people try to say, "Well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that." No, you, you're going to do what the virus says, and you know who's controlling the virus, right? God. So you're going to do what he says. So we're going to do what the virus tells us. <laughs> and the end at the end of all this everybody's got all these solutions and questions hey i think the best course of action is the one they're taking now okay bring them back be cautious take temperatures let them in the building let them go to they're, they're going to summer school online and then in august we go to camp but by, mm. by august we'll have a lot more answers right mm. and right. that's that's where i think everybody's missing the boat and all these and i get it the economy has to do this, and all you know, people unemployment and, and those type of things. I get it, but it won't make no difference if you're not here, right? You know, and everybody right. everybody keeps talking about well, we got to do this because we we got to get the economy going. Yes, we got to get the economy going, but let's only get it going with things like this, right? I ain't affecting you guys, right? Talking about right. and stuff. I think I think I think we can we can uh, live with that. And then the things that we can't open, let's open them. But college football, I think, is is going to is going to move cautiously and slowly towards a regular start of the season, all right? With because they don't what what they don't want to do. The one thing they don't want to do is start and then have to stop again. Yeah, I've heard that. And, I, and and that, and I don't know on the high school level, I hope they're taking the same precautions, but it just seems like the all the conferences in the NCA are being really cautious, taking I mean okay we're going we're gonna try to move this thing as normal as we can and fix the things that we have to that no longer work, you know with with uh with dealing with this uh, virus. It's scary, yeah
1: mm-hmm. Karen, you got a question? No, I was just—I uh, just appreciate your wisdom. I mean, you—you've uh, been a player, you've been a coach. Uh, if I had one more question to ask you, is you know, um, you see kids that are constantly trying to make the NFL, and you know, at what point do they? Would you advise them to say, "Hey, maybe I should have a, a backup plan"?
4: I think they should have a backup plan while they're in college and graduate. High school. In high I, school, even high I've school. I
2: high school, yeah. But
4: here, here's the deal. I had, you know, I had a lot of good counseling. I had my when I graduate when I was done playing, I had my degree. And, and I don't know who told me this, but after my first year, you know, I didn't get you know, I didn't get drafted, I didn't get all this stuff. I gave myself six years from the time I was done with college football. To make it, and then and then I'm gonna get along with my life. Mm-hmm. Ten years to make it in the NFL, okay? Because then I got done. I was 21, so I'd be like 26, 27, and just get on with my life, you know. And then I, you know, that's what that's the advice I would give someone like like your son, Shannon. He's played right, mm-hmm. right, and and about and he and he will come to this realization himself. Mm-hmm. He'll get to about 27, 28 years old and his body just won't do it, you know, and he'll he'll go. But I think a guy should – if if you're a good enough player, all-conference, have a good pro day, I think you should give yourself six years from the time you finish college football to make it in the NFL. And everybody says, well, yeah. why six? Why six? Well, because my deal has shown, all right, when I came out, right before I came out in 1985, it was the US, USFL. Okay, I don't know if you guys remember. You guys are old enough to remember mm-hmm. that. And so they had stolen like Steve Young, Reggie White. They had all these good players. And they and Donald Trump owned the New Jersey team. And so <laughs> they sued the NFL. So everybody thought they'd have a chance in that deal. So as, as you come out from the time you're done, you don't know in six years that there might be another league. Right? Yeah. Somebody might buy the XFL. Because I think <laughs> – I think the XFL was a good idea. It was a great idea. Okay. Yeah. But I think what they have to do with the XFL is move it into the – with the season with football. And now listen to me. When I tell people this, they go, move it and don't put it in competition. Start the season in uh, middle of September. Mm -hmm. Play eight games, okay? Because in November, when the NFL still has uh, five or six games left, they're looking for players all the time. They're, they're all, all the, the time. time. So now, the right. only reason I know this will work is when I coached in the UFL, we did this model. We played within the season, and of our uh, 53-man roster, we had 28 players signed with the NFL at the end of our season. That's right. Mm. Because we played within their season, and what it is is NFL – they, they have to go sign guys on the street because they, they can't hold a bunch of guys like colleges do.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And a lot of times you got to rely – the NFL has to rely on, make sure that guy's been working out, he's been doing that well. That's right. If you, if you have a league like the XFL playing within the same season but only playing eight, eight games, games, right? And then when the NFL needs players, which is usually November, December. That's right. The playoff, now you can go get them. In the, in yeah, because
0: I started calling because I saw that, that's how Jordan got on a couple teams um with the 49ers. Right.
4: They called him it in was what?
0: two games October
4: and November. before it was
0: over. And right. they called him.
4: Yeah. Hey, I promise you, he liked them two checks. Yeah, he sure did. Because it, it becomes, it starts to become as a pro football player, it becomes about one thing after because is it is a lot of money out there, right? Right. And If your body can make you that kind of money, I think you give yourself six years to do it. Because after six, the reason I say six years, because now you're heading to your 30s and they'll start saying you're old. And
0: And it all depends on the position. Right. The position. So, I mean, like a kicker. You can mm-hmm. stay there for a while. I mean, because all you do is come out and kick, and so yep. you're you're pretty safe. You know, um, it all depends on the position, but running backs, Savings. wide receivers, they their time is is short. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and your body goes through so much, especially being hit a lot and yep. and tackled a lot. So yeah, so Kwasika, you have a question?
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> there you, go. you had a question. <laughs> you have a question. Um, I
2: did, and I forgot.
3: <laughs> but no. Hey, um, you that you me, Okay, so
2: you you okay? So you think that okay? So we will the NCAA will bring the football back for the college, but you were saying that as far as the fans goes, it will be limited, right? I, I that's what I
4: see. Yeah, I, I see yeah. it being limited.
2: Right. Yeah, because
0: I heard it. Yeah, i
4: heard I've heard it been in, I'm in all?
3: How,
2: Yeah, I want I'm wondering how they are gonna make that like how would they make that uh plan out? You know, you got so many people, you got the students, they're gonna wanna go to the games.
3: You got the moms and the dads. I'm gonna be in
0: that thing. I think I, you know what I think when it comes to the parents. They're probably at least let the parents go. So I I was, I was talking to. Her they, sure the
4: they, they it's right now they get an allotment of tickets each player. You Sharon, you know this from your son playing. Mm-hmm. How many tickets do they get now? Six or four?
0: So in the NFL, it's four. College, it was. Hold on. Four was it? Six. Six, I think, in college. I think
4: I, I, think, well, I, think, that, I think that that number gets slashed to two, and then I think I think that that the school will sell if they got a hundred thousand seat stadium. I think they'll they'll sell thirty thousand seats, and then they'll they'll.
0: But they gotta put them apart. apart. So but when I was talking deal. to my sister That's in I mean. L.A., she yeah. was telling me because she has some friends that they're helping building that new stadium. So how they were considering or doing it was like. You'll have, you know, it's like if it's me and my husband, and then they'll do six empty seats and then the next guest and right. then six empty seats. So um, her working in the bank was basically saying financially, it's not going to make any sense. It's really not going to make any sense because you're going to have more overhead financially. Um, and it's not going to it's not going to balance out where you have a stadium full. It It, it kind of covers that overhead. But is it going to be worth it having, you know, separating the seats and then the concession stand? So now you got to have somebody up there watching, making sure everybody's standing six feet apart at the concession stand. And so she said it'll be interesting how they do it. But, yeah, they're going to limit who goes in the stadium to watch the games is what they're yeah.
4: saying. So. That's, and, and that's all they can do. I mean, right. I, other than not play the games. Now, if this was – if the second wave hit or something – then they might not play, but I, I, I really don't see them not playing. If they can play, even if they can play the empty stadiums, they're right. gonna
3: play. I
0: mean, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna play. It's just gonna be, yeah. you know, when you make that touchdown and you, you used to the crowd yelling and you doing your dance, right. your whoa. It like, who gonna be there to see? <laughs> <you're
2: laughs> who gonna be there to see yeah, your whoa? Do. Right.
4: Yep. <laughs> I
2: did see guys where huh? Dallas uh when it comes to the covet 19 there the numbers don't went down for Dallas.
4: that's good uh, in debt,
2: yeah in debt. Uh-huh. like i seen that the other day like it it, it went well i think for may it, it did go up you know as most other states did so that's i mean not saying whatever but that's good because i'm in dallas yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good because i'm in dallas
0: so, all right, Coach Lewis, this has been a great show. We have, I mean, the information, just the the, the heartfelt, what you shared. Yeah. Um, you know, we are praying that God will continue to be healing in your body. Thank you. So you can continue to coach because these young men need that. Um, The parents and need wisdom.
3: to hear the truth,
0: you know, and, and like you said to the parents out there, look, y'all, stop going after these coaches yep. like that. Like we that. We said it on our show. Yep. first ask just just ask your child be honest and then, right. and then at the same time you know your child
4: right and you and you know you That's I give parents parents good enough I'm sorry
2: like that huh we need to have a parent that we need to have a parent that child talking about to come on a show that's like this so we can know their <laughs> mindset and where no and, and, and that's this. that's
4: the whole thing that's what everybody's missing is yeah. that everybody's doing this instead of go, instead right. of doing this is listening and then, and then listening back—that's right. the right. biggest thing we don't do. And and I, I drive my brothers crazy because they'll get going, and I I just listen to them, yeah. and then I say, okay, here, here's here's why I'm making this decision. Here's why I'm doing that. And and then I think it it's just it's just a listening. You got to open these up for as much stuff as is out there. The information that's out there, we don't we don't take advantage of it. Ladies, thank you for having me. Yes, this is Coach, so much fun. Hey, and the people don't understand this. When you're fighting something like cancer, <clears throat> it's therapeutic to, to talk about it with people who are positive about it. And I appreciate your positivity that oh, you yeah. gave me. All right? Yes. And yes, uh, Coach. We appreciate Coach,
1: it. We really do.
4: And, and know that, hey, if Coach Lewis is fighting a bear, you ain't got to worry about Coach Lewis. That's right.
0: <laughs> I like that. And faith I like what you said, fight. faith and fight. So listen, yeah. anybody yep. that's going through something, pass this, this show around because Coach Lewis had the most positive attitude. Yeah. You would have never known he was going through what he was going through if he didn't tell yeah. you. And right. the fact that he's going through it and he's he's got the faith in the fight, and he's gonna keep fighting. Right. That that's especially during the COVID. He could be down and about and whoa, it's me. But he's not. He realized I've got a fight. I've got a family that needs me, and I got some guys that I'm coaching that needs me. And so he's got his faith, and he's got his fight. So listen, if you didn't learn anything else, that's faith and your fight.
4: That's gonna (laughs) get you through. Yep,
0: gonna get you through. So this is your girl, Shannon. At Can We Talk Sports, I'm here with my host.
2: Karen. And with the
3: Nutriverse.
2: Kawasaka with, with the Nutriverse.
4: There you go.
0: All right. You guys have a great weekend coming up, and we will see you
3: Sunday. Bye. Take care.
4: Take care.
3: Bye. 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 Bye.